The album for today's episode was chosen by my Patreon supporters. You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash bizarre albums, weekly bonus episodes, and once a month, you can even vote on upcoming episodes. That's patreon.com slash bizarre albums. Let's go. Hi, my name is Tony Thaxton. Like anyone else, I love a great album. But I also love those strange albums that might make you wonder how and why they even exist. But I'm not here to make fun of them. I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story. This is Bizarre Albums. Today's episode, Mrs. Miller's Greatest Hits from 1966. Well, story lady, it's certainly a pleasure to see you again. I've known you such a long time. Yes. You can just call me Story. All right, I'll be glad to. Story, what wonderful fable do you have for us today? Today, boys and girls, we're going to hear the story of Tom Thumb. In 1962, Gary Owens took over the afternoon show on 710 KMPC in Los Angeles. In addition to being a radio personality, announcer, and DJ, Owens was probably best known for his work on television, serving as the announcer on Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In, and he was also the original voice of Space Ghost back in 1966. But his work in radio was where he fits into today's show. He was known for his surreal humor, comedic characters, and puns. For his show's sketches, he would enlist the help of others, like Stan Ross, Bob Arbogast, and Elva Miller. Ross and Arbogast were other radio personalities, but Miller was a self-described housewife living in Claremont, California. So how did Miller fit in? Owens would have her singing some songs for the show. In this 1962 clip called Slumber Boat, it's credited to Phoebe Festoon, but according to WFMU.org, it's the first known recording of Miller's that was used on Owens' show. Miller had been singing since she was a child. But as an adult, now in her 50s, she thought of singing as just a hobby. She was one of the founders of the Foothill Drama and Choral Society, where not only did she sing, but was also the executive secretary. Eventually, her family requested that she stopped singing in public because of the strain of becoming too involved in public life. In the early 1960s, she did stop singing in public and instead took her hobby into the recording studio. She made recordings of sacred and classical songs just for herself. She had no intention of releasing them. At most, she occasionally gave her records to churches and daycares. But then, something unexpected happened. Here's Miller on the Merv Griffin Show in 1966. Well, um, I uh, was doing, as I say, uh, carrying on this re recording songs as a hobby. And uh, when I went into the professional studio, there was a student there from USC. And he was at the organ and piano. And that is Fred Bach, who is today my manager, and he's at the piano today. It was Fred Bach who brought Miller to Gary Owens' attention, leading Owens to get Miller to sing comedic jingles and station IDs for the show. Miller would sing songs in what she called her operatic style for her hobby recordings. But at one of these recording sessions, Fred Bach convinced her to try recording a more modern song. In particular, Petula Clark's number one hit, Downtown. Downtown. 
Bach felt that he was on to something. He took Miller's downtown recording to his friend Lex de Azevedo. I don't know if I'm saying his name right, so let's just refer to him as Lex from now on. Lex would later be known for his film scores, working as the musical director on the Sonny and Cher show, and producing a hit for Human Beings. Their version of Nobody But Me went to number 8 in 1968. But at this time, Lex was an up-and-coming record producer who was working at Capitol Records. And just like that, Miller got a recording deal with Capitol. But why would Capitol Records have interest in a woman that was in her late 50s who only sang as a hobby? The answer might be Jonathan and Darlene Edwards. In reality, Jonathan and Darlene Edwards were big band leader Paul Weston and his wife, jazz vocalist Joe Stafford. They were a musical comedy act that had Weston playing piano in odd, unconventional rhythms and Stafford singing in a high-pitched, off-key voice. They had come up with the characters as a way to entertain guests at parties. And not only were those characters popular enough to make some records, their 1960 album, Jonathan and Darlene Edwards in Paris won the Grammy Award for Best Comedy Album. Hoping for similar success, Capitol Records wanted their own version of The Bad Singer. Details are a little gray on if Miller was in on the joke or not, but in 1999, Fred Bach's widow, Lois Bach, told Cool and Strange Music magazine, quote, Fred and I were honest with her. We told her it would be funny, and the audience loved it. The more they laughed, the more she would, you know work it. I don't know if she knew more than she let on, because she was always quite a character, but she loved audiences." End quote. So in April of 1966, Mrs. Miller's Greatest Hits was released on Capitol Records. Mrs. Elva Miller. Appropriately, the album begins with the song that got Mrs. Miller her record deal, Downtown. They even released the song as a single, and it charted reaching number 82. When you're alone and life is making you lonely, you can always go downtown. You've got worries and all the noise and the hurry seem to help, I know. Downtown, don't listen to the music of the traffic in the city. Linger on the sidewalk where the neon signs are pretty. How can you lose the lights so much brighter? The album's initial pressing was 50,000 copies, and they sold out. The label ordered another 100,000 copies immediately. Mrs. Miller Mania had hit America. She appeared on the Merv Griffin show and performed not only downtown, but after a short interview, Griffin even accompanied her for a live performance of the album's second track, Shadow of Your Smile. You know, the organ is out here, and I play, and I'd love to accompany you on one of the hit songs of today. May I? Thank you. We might get an album out of this, Elva and Mervyn. (laughs) 
Mrs. Miller would make several other TV appearances. The Mike Douglas Show, The Joey Bishop Show, and Art Linkletter's House Party. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With Mrs. Miller mania running wild in America, appropriately, she got to perform on a show that is forever associated with Beatlemania, The Ed Sullivan Show. She performed four songs, including the Beatles' 1964 hit, A Hard Day's Night. I don't have the audio of those performances, but here's the album version. It's been a hard day's night And I'm living like a dog It's been a hard day's night I should be sleeping like a log But when I get home to you I find the thing that you do Don't make me feel Her Ed Sullivan Show appearance was on May 22, 1966. Other guests included Joan Rivers, Stiller and Mira, and an artist that Miller covered on her album, Nancy Sinatra. Sinatra had gone to number one a few months prior with These Boots Are Made For Walkin', and Miller would perform this song on the show as well. Again, here's a bit of the album version. You've been a-messin' where you shouldn't have been a-messin'. Now someone else is getting all your best These boots are made for walking And that's just what they'll do One of these days these boots are gonna walk all over you Yeah So was Mrs. Miller in on the joke? Fredbox Widow seemed to think so But eventually... Miller herself said something quite different when speaking about making the album. And now to read Mrs. Miller's quote is a comedian whose new album, Regarding My Lovers, is out September 4th, Eliza Skinner. It was easy. We didn't even have rehearsals. If there was ever a square, I'm it. I've never attempted to do popular songs before. The studio man just popped the music in my hands, sort of sneaky-like, and I started. I don't sing off-key, and I don't sing off-rhythm. They got me to do so by waiting until I was tired and then making the record. Or they would cut the record before I could become familiar with the song. I suspected something was up when they printed my worst performance of The Shadow of Your Smile. They told me it was an experiment. I am naive, and I am somewhat lacking in musicianship, but I really didn't think it was a gag. At first, I didn't understand what was going on, but later I did, and I resented it. I don't like being used. In 1967, Miller added more, telling Life magazine that Capitol would do anything they could to make her sound bad. In some cases, using her first takes before she was even familiar with the song. She also claimed they would conduct her a beat faster or slower than the music. Then if she caught up, they would adjust their speed again. Jim Jiminy, Jim Jiminy, Jim Jim Sherry, for sweep is as lucky as lucky can be. Good luck will rub off when it shakes hands with you. Our 
Side two of the album kicks off with the other single, A Lover's Concerto, which also had a brief appearance on the charts, peaking at number 95. Miller's newfound fame brought so many unexpected things. One of the highlights for her was receiving a telegram from Elvis Presley before her appearance on The Ed Sullivan Show. She would even start making a few nightclub appearances. In 1967, she had a small part in the B-movie The Cool Ones. And she would go to Vietnam as part of a USO show to perform for the troops. Watch a falling star and put it in your pocket. Never let it fade away. Watch a falling star and put it in your pocket. Save it for a rainy day. For love may come and tap you on the shoulder. Some starless night. And just in case you Fred Bach did the album's arrangements and served as the conductor. Lex produced the album and also wrote its one original song, Gonna Be Like That. Mrs. Miller enjoyed roughly 18 months of fame, which is far more than most expected. The album peaked at number 15 on the Billboard Top Albums chart. The sales numbers seemed to vary, but they seemed to at least be in excess of 250,000 copies sold. Gary Owens would provide a blurb for the album's back cover, some of which I've paraphrased throughout today's episode. Owens' blurb ends by saying, So, much success to Mrs. Miller. When you hear the Miller sound, I'm sure you'll agree that here is a most interesting new voice for your record collection. That Miller sound he spoke of often drew comparisons to Florence Foster Jenkins, the American socialite who was known and mocked for her flamboyant costumes and poor singing ability. But now, some singers get compared to Mrs. Miller. Most notably, a New Zealand singer of Chinese descent whose albums led to a 2005 episode of South Park named after her, Wing. But that is for another time. Thank you for listening to Bizarre Albums. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps people find the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Bizarre Albums, and I'm at Tony Thaxton. You can also like Bizarre Albums on Facebook and visit BizarreAlbums.com. And if you still want more Bizarre Albums in your life, sign up for weekly bonus episodes of Bizarre Singles and more at Patreon.com slash Bizarre Albums. And as always, if you know of a Bizarre Album you'd like to hear featured, please tweet the show. I'd love to hear from you. You can even email me at BizarreAlbums at gmail.com. My name is Tony Thaxton, and I'll see you next time on Bizarre Albums. <laughs>